This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And you're listening to That's the Ticket. Uh, today, I'm very pleased to uh, welcome an old friend and maybe an old guest to the show. I can't actually recall if this person has been on That's the Ticket or it was on back when I was hosting Art Space occasionally. Anyway, uh, you may know her as Christina Wilson from her Hamilton stage days. Uh, Christina Rayner professionally in the UK and beyond. And as for me, well, I know her as something completely different. Um, I'd like to give a big kia ora to my good mate, Barb. Kia ora, mate. <laughs> kia ora, mate. Oh, it's been so long since I've heard that. Um, <laughs> I feel like... You know, we were joking before the show started today, like what the first talking point was going to be. And obviously I picked Barb. As you should. <laughs> but I, like, do you think we need to do the origin story or just leave it un... Well, you know what, like, I couldn't actually... I was thinking the other day about what the origin story was, but it did come back to me. Okay, I'm and glad. It, you know, since, it's, it, it, since it was theatre-related, I feel like it's yeah. it's appropriate to share on the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, I can't remember what year it was, but it was several years ago. Mm. Like, enough time that it's not actually probably that funny. But, um, <laughs> Christina, it's, it's so weird saying your actual weird? name. Yeah. 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 Uh, Christina was... Basically, I wasn't even there... But you were doing like a reading, yeah, and and one of the characters you were reading for was called Barb, Barba Barba, Barba Barba, Barba Barbara, Barba Barbara, yeah. And so I was not there. I saw Christina <laughs> afterwards, and somehow it came up, yeah. And then I, it just stuck for me and me alone, yeah. And I'm so glad it did. I mean, <laughs> like within, I feel like within our friend group, like people, people got on the buzz. Like my mum will occasionally refer to you as Barb. Oh, you know what? That that warms my heart more <laughs> than I can say. But I, it's, it's probably because at the time I was living at home with mum and dad, and mm. like she would have just heard me being like Barb, Barb, like you know, in conversation. Then she picked it up. I did once have someone. Um, ask if Barb was your actual name because they'd only <laughs> ever heard me refer to you as Barb, uh-huh. never Christina. So, you know, I feel like it's it's a true nickname. Yeah, and that it's in no way related to my actual name. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And I'm like, people are going to think she's called Barbara, <laughs> but not just Christina. Like, she's a different letter. She's the next letter. Yeah, Barb is almost like an alter ego at this point, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean... Christina Rayner is a um, quite nice stage name. Like, Barb was there. Barb yeah. was there. <laughs> and you made your choice. I kind of, yeah, I did kind of miss... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I would be famous by now if I'd gone with Barb. I'm not saying <laughs> that that might be correct. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're big time in Hamilton. I mean, you're big time in my heart. Um, uh. <laughs> everyone listening right now is like... Hannah, what is happening? <laughs> but I guess, like, why don't we start at the very beginning 
a very good place to start. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I won't leave you hanging. Oh, that was so good. Um, before we get into kind of your international barb of mystery side of your life, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it'd be good to kind of delve into your creative history in New Zealand because obviously this is radio. People may recognise your voice, but I think people would definitely recognise you because before you went overseas, you know, you'd been on a couple stages. You'd been around <laughs> the block, as it were, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, God, yeah, it seems like... A decade ago? Kind of, yeah, even though it was like, I suppose three, well, three years ago was when I moved. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of Hamilton theatre people, I kind of, you know, learned to love drama through school and then kind of branched out into community theatre. And so I did... Um, I think the first stuff I did was with good old Rivoli. Oh, Rivoli mate, we all start there. Yeah. And we all go back. And we all go back. And in fact, I went back the other week and saw Hairspray, which oh. is fantastic. How good, right? So, oh, so good. So, took us to the cast of Hairspray. It was the best time. Um, so, yeah, I kind of like, yeah, I started at Rivoli and I did like the stagecraft after school mm. classes and then. Um, I did Footloose in 2011, I think. Oh, my God. See, I saw was, that. You I saw that? S- yeah, I saw it, but I didn't know you. No, we... Our yeah, paths didn't cross to like cross uni. For a good... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, five years. <laughs> yeah, at least. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and then, uh, again, like, kind of uh, did some stuff with Hamop, which was amazing. Um I remember being in, oh, I must have been in like year 11, I think, and doing Oliver. Mm. Um, I saw that with, too. Yeah. Oh, I think the whole of Hamilton must have seen that. Yeah. It was Richard O'Brien coming in was a highlight. Yeah, both my parents were also in it. Huge highlight for the city. Oh, um, yeah. Seeing my mum and dad on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Oh, good yeah. memories. Um, yeah, and then oh, I did something else with a Mary Poppins in 2017 yeah. at Claudelands. That That's... Was, one of my best memories, because um, I feel like, I don't know how, if I've worked on that many shows with you, but I just feel like I've seen a lot of shows and been around while you've been doing yeah. shows. But um, I was working backstage on Mary Poppins, and I remember in Jolly Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you were the que- Queen Victoria, right? I was. <laughs> And so Christina was, look, I'm describing what you looked like on radio. Um, Christina <laughs> was Queen Victoria. She looked like a statue of Queen Victoria because it's like Hyde Park or some yeah. famous park. Sorry, Mum. Um, and we had this revolve. And so Christina would stand on the revolve and like statue up and then spin round. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember there was a ramp to get on and off the stage and because your dress mm-hmm. was it so was huge. like huge, yeah. you couldn't see your feet and so I just remember seeing you like glide up and <laughs> down, the ramp. down the ramp. Yeah. But I mean you, you're quite a convincing statue. Thank you. Like I'll give you a second glance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of preparation for that actually. I had to get a little bit method with it and you know. Observe a lot of the. I, I can't tell if sound. you're being silly or not, and so <laughs> I, like, I don't know whether or not to jump on the joke or be supportive. <laughs> um, but actually, have you seen the actual statue now that since you've been <clears throat> in the UK um, of Queen Victoria? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I must have. Ooh. I know that I've seen a statue of Queen Victoria. Okay. I don't remember to be. I'm um, perfectly. I don't remember where it was. Oh. Um, 
I've seen the statue that she made of her husband Albert many times okay. in Kensington Gardens because you kind of can't miss it. It's it's like massive and gold. So okay. Whereas you were kind of like small, <laughs> huge skirt and like stone. Yeah, and a lot so of so a bit of a pain. downgrade. Yeah, a little bit. There was no gold, which I was quite sad about. But that's um, <laughs> next time. Next, next time, you work next your way time up I'm to the gold. Queen Victoria, yeah, I'll push yeah. some gold in there. Okay, so all right, we've we've done ham up. You did a bit with Bold as well, didn't yeah, you? Bold Theatre. Yeah, so I'd, I think it was their first production actually, which oh, was I think your it was town the OG. in twenty eighteen, um, which was fantastic. It was so much fun. It was an amazing cast, and it was. I think it was exciting, just kind of working with a brand new theatre company. Mm. Um, and Scott Hall directing. He did a fantastic job of that show. Um, really brought everyone together. And I I remember um, like doing a photo shoot for the for the musical before I think it was maybe even like before we'd started rehearsals. That's it was quite always early the way, on. Yeah. And yeah. And um, kind of like driving down Victoria Street one day and like seeing my mine oh, and, and Anthony's face on the yeah. side of the theatre. Well, funnily enough, on my <laughs> Facebook memories, so at that time I worked at the Meteor Theatre uh, yeah. doing the marketing, and um, various combinations of our staff. We did this thing where we took photos outside the front of the building, outside the banner. Oh. And um, it was my colleagues at the time, Guy Coker and Benny Marama, redid the pose that you and Anthony oh, Aonor did. That. It was kind of a Titanic moment. Yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, me and uh, Deborah Nunt did um, KM and Julia. Yes. So KM was just like standing there with That's her arms right. crossed and like Looking a baton. And then Julia had like a toilet plunger and was screaming, which was me, naturally. <laughs> yeah, of course. But like the, the memory just came I think it was like today or yesterday, and I'm like, it's all full circle. Oh, look at that. It goes all the way to the top. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so oh, and I guess we should give carving and ice a minute. Oh, 100%, because, yeah, that was throughout most of my uni career, mm. um, working with the amazing Gay Paul, first as my theatre lecturer and yeah. then getting involved with carving and ice, her theatre company, <clears throat> and... Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the first production I would have done with Carving and Ice, but we did the oh, series of play readings choices back in 2018. Oh, were you in that one? Yeah, I was. In, I was in two of them. I was in Time of the Co- Time in the Conway. Oh, that was part of choices. And Just to get married. Yeah, yeah. That was part of choices. Yes, it was stage readings. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of revived the Chapel Perilous, which is the show mm. that we did for our theatre paper. But you did um, it for Toy Wahine Festival. Yeah, at Clarence Street. At Clarence Street. Yeah, yeah good oh, memory. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I remember. Is it time in the Conways? Um, there was a line that someone said to you, being like, "You have to stop eating buttery things at tea time." <laughs> was that oh, you? That or was, am I making that yeah, up? No, you didn't make it up. That was in um, Just to Get Married because oh, I was go. playing the bratty younger sister. Yeah, and. Um, Icon and very good friend to us both, Megan Goldsman, said that to me um, um, in character. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Megan Goldsmith. Um, who's Megan, <laughs> oh, anyway? Yeah, um, the elusive Megan Goldsmith. She also slapped me in the face in that production Okay, um, every night, which was fun. I mean, there's a bit of a reoccurring theme, actually, with you, Megan. One, you've both now been on that, the ticket with Hannah Mooney. Uh, to <laughs> you both kind of um, out there doing the whole acting thing, being yeah. actors. I mean, I feel obviously actors the correct term 
triple threat is overdone. So I want to go with performer. Yeah, I guess I. That's you know kind of what I what I call myself. Well, because it's yeah. like you're not just confined to like plays. You know. Like to she dabble in the sing. occasional musical, yeah. yeah. She can do a little bit of choreo. She can <laughs> a little, do a box little, step. little tap dance, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, we haven't even talked about happy feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm getting so off topic. Uh, so I guess now we'll jump to about three years ago. Mm-hmm. You um, went off to the UK to go yeah. to Bristol Old Vic. Is that the official name? Yeah, well, the official name is Bristol Old Vic Theatre School, but that's a mouthful, okay. so we called it Bovtus at the school because it's a little bit... Uh, Bovtus is better? Bovtus is better. It kind of became became a bit easier than Bristol Old Vic Theatre School. Okay, um, all right. Um, <laughs> how was Bovtus then? It was, it was fantastic. It was... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I will never forget it. It was, I think, a very unique time in that COVID was still very much a thing Mm. Um, because I moved over and started the course October 2020. And I guess at the time we were kind of, you know, wishful thinking, kind of thinking that COVID was on its way up. Um, uh, But uh, my second semester, we went into the second UK lockdown. Mm. January and February, which, um, you know, was a bummer. Yeah. Um, doing a solely performance, like, training course via Zoom oh. is not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, again, we keep bringing up Megan Goldsman, but I think she had a similar buzz because she was doing the Actors Program here in New Zealand. Yeah, and that, yeah, so she had that experience in the New Zealand lockdown earlier in yeah. 2020. Um, and then you you had a nice taste in the UK. Nice taste of that in the UK a little bit later, yeah. So did it so you kept going or did did you delay any kind of performance aspects so you could do it in person? Mostly they uh adapted what we were working with mm. for Zoom. Um because it, our course was only a year long and it mm. was a full 12 months um, rather than like a usual kind of um, uni year, which is a bit shorter. But um, yeah, I think there was like, there was the risk of delaying things too much that we would miss out on things altogether. Yeah. So, um, and I think for the most part, they did do a really good job at kind of adjusting various um you know, learning units to mm. make it work for Zoom. Um, and like, I, I will never forget like this memory of, because um, we were doing combat classes and that school is renowned for really comprehensive um, combat because of the, the combat teacher, Jonathan Howell, who's absolutely amazing. Um, but doing it like on a little screen in a little like attic flat in Bristol, waving like rapiers about was an experience I never thought I'd have. Okay. Um, but um, how's your stage combat now? It's um, it's rusty, but <laughs> I, I, you know, if I if I needed to to fight someone off, and there happened to be like a seventeenth century uh, rapier and dagger nearby, okay, so it's very specific weaponry. Um, yeah, I mean, we did do quite a lot. We did rapier and dagger. We had the opportunity to work with lightsabers, which was a real highlight. Yeah, I was going to say um, you got to take that shot. Yeah, we 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 did the lightsabers. We did um, what else did we do? I did some some knife work. Okay, nice. um, 
And we worked with firearms a little bit. Okay. Obviously not real ones and not loaded ones. No, but, no, no. Um, the safety rules still applied. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, he was just one of those teachers that, that we could come to him anytime with any kind of uh, weapon or combat style um, from any movie and he would he would be able to teach us. Like, it's it's a weird thing to say out loud, but probably very rele- relevant in your line of work. Yeah, <laughs> but surprisingly, like, yeah. <laughs> this is never going to come up in my job. Um, no, and I mean... I haven't had to to use it recently, although when we did our production of Troilus and Cressida towards the end Mm. of our um, year, uh, and thankfully COVID had um, diminished enough by then that we were able to have a live audience and do it in person, we still had to be quite creative with the blocking and that we couldn't get too close to each other on stage. But I did have an opportunity because I was playing um, Hector, who is the Trojan warrior, mm. obviously, yeah, as yeah. you can, um, yeah. Yeah, everyone listening casting. to this non-visual medium can tell. <laughs> yeah, can tell, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I had a really good opportunity in that show to have a, a very intense fencing match with um, um, my classmate Kelsey who played Ajax. Okay. And we, we got to really kind of exercise that particular I mean, medium. you have a kind of fencing vibe. Thank you. I don't. Is it a compliment? <laughs> I. I mean, I've seen Parent Trap enough to to I've, take that as a. Oh, you've never seen Parent. I Trap. know, and everyone's like, "You're a twin," and I'm like, "I've lived it." <laughs> yeah, I that's haven't. true. You don't need to watch it. But I think, um, as a kid, I just used to. I didn't rate it because, um, spoiler alert. There aren't two of them in the parent parent trap. It's, I know it's one actor playing two people. I thought that for so long, and when I realised it was one person, it yeah. I knew from the get go, and I'm. I think I just felt like as a twin, I'm like, firstly, where was my invite? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I have a theatery twin, you know, but I'm just like cast real twins. We yeah. exist. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, and twins get a you know a lot of work it's the, you're the, in, in the acting world if, if you're a twin that's okay. very um desirable for you know okay maybe i should have tried harder instead of being a theater like supporter i should have got more involved on stage but i prefer just talking about it on my pod um it's easier but i feel like I've got more questions I want to ask you about Old Vic, mm-hmm. but I also do want to play some songs. Oh, yeah. Because you bought a, a song, you bought some songs to the show. I did. And uh, this one I'm going to play is, is a bit of a bop. It is a bop. It's uh, Talk It Up <laughs> by Sammy Ray and Friends. And uh, is there a reason you chose the song or is it just because you vibe it? I do vibe it. And I kind of heard it recently. Um, my partner introduced me to the band and we went on a road trip and just like played it over and over again. But also like it's just such a good hype song. Like... Mm. It's yeah. one of those ones that I would listen to like before I go to an audition and feel good about myself. So okay. and everyone needs a song like that. So Yeah, I could do with some hype. I've got to do the rest of the show. Um, yeah. So <laughs> But uh here's uh talk it up and I hope you all uh at home get hyped for the next part of this interview. No one calls and all the window plants are dying. She talks about 
talky look, half empty cup, half hearted love, half of the time, half way through crying. But she don't live here by herself, sleeping in the bed she's made, reading books about self help, working late on Saturdays, lest she got something to stay. For heaven's sake, keep him awake, make no mistake, he break down daily with no warning. Stays off air, okay? <laughs> Sorry. The first and last time she's on that. No, I catch. But uh, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. And um, I'm catching up with uh, Christina Rayner, who I also may refer to uh, as Barb, on the show just because yeah. it's, you know, if you miss it's the personal. top of the show, listen to the podcast. You can hear the origin story <laughs> of the nickname. But, um, yeah, Christina is... 
back in uh, you've been back in the country for like a couple of weeks. You're going back to the UK at the end of this week. Yeah, Friday. Um, been a whirlwind of a trip, so I'm really glad you fit me in. Thank you for <laughs> reaching out. <laughs> I may always need content. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But um, ahead of that um, break for a wee banger, um, we were talking about your time at, um, oh, I've forgotten the weird name. For oh, Brist- Bovtis. Bovtis, Bristol Old Vic Theatre something. School. <laughs> School. So close. So close. Um, I'm a good host who does their research, obviously. <laughs> um, so we're talking about Bovtis. And uh, kind of highlights, lowlights, key learnings. Uh, and, I mean, you covered your stage combat. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's a key learning, being able to wield a lightsaber. I think so. But, I mean, were there any other kind of, like, highlights or standout things from your time there, aside from navigating, like, a global pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I know, like, it's such a, like, classic thing to say, but, like, it is true. You do make some of the closest friends you ever make at, at drama school just because you you know you get very close you cry a lot yeah a lot of tears a lot of tears um <laughs> both in and outside of class yeah a lot of late <laughs> nights probably a lot of, yeah a lot of late nights and i mean even though like half the time we were only seeing each other through uh screens we were still spending a lot of time together so mm. um i'm very grateful for that and i'm still super close with <clears throat> with a lot of people from the course um and i think like it it they they did teach us to be really self-sufficient performers, mm. which I think in this industry currently is super important. Yeah. Um, to, you know, know how to create your own content and promote yourself and find your own work. And Is, is that advice that you would pass on to kind of other uh, aspiring performers? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's it's... Obviously, it's not an easy career choice. So, no. um, yeah, doing doing as much of the work yourself as you can, obviously. And uh, a lot of people I know are creating their own work mm. and that's such a great way to put yourself out there and gain credits without relying on yeah someone else. Someone else and other kind of experiences or vehicles for your career. I exactly, mean, yeah. It, it, it's so weird because I feel like... You know, as a performer, people probably assume that you are always, air quotes, confident and are always just willing to put yourself out there. But that's not always the case, is it? No, because you're your own. As an as an any kind of artist, I feel like you're always your own worst enemy. Yeah, for sure. Um, And yeah, it's really easy to get in your own head Mm. and lose kind of you know perspective and. Because you like, I, and I hate uh, kind of referring to it this way, but sometimes it does help. And I've had a lot of teachers refer to it this way, where it's like you are a business, and like you are the product that you are selling. No, it's exactly you know? right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I view it. I mean, it's very easy for me because my kind of role in the art sector is I love producing shows, I love selling shows, mm-hmm. I love the business side of theatre. The email side of theatre is my happy place. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you know, actors, performers musicians what have you you know you guys are most at home on stage and so Mm. but even then like when you're on stage you've got the safety blanket of that fourth wall but when you're just pushing yourself you're saying hey my name's christina i'm coming to this audition because i want you to book me for this Mm -hmm. gig like it's a whole different level of vulnerability yeah 100 percent. and you know what i think like the hardest 
part of an audition for me is actually walking into the room <laughs> and walking out of the room. Yeah. Like the actual acting bit, mm. it's so much easier because you can, you know, you you have the character to not mm. necessarily hide behind. It's it's um, you are always bringing elements of yourself in yeah. whatever performance you do, but. It's a craft and you can kind of separate yourself from that a little bit. Whereas, yeah, I, the bits that I always struggled with in classes was like walking onto the, <laughs> into the audition room and they would always ask me to do it again because they were like, you're apologising, you're not saying it, but you're apologising, don't do that. No, but I feel like I can relate to that even though <laughs> I have never <laughs> had to do that. Like, mm. I, I don't... I, I haven't auditioned for over a decade, but like I feel like that would be me. Yeah, I think apologetic so. walk. Yeah, and I think I think so many people can relate to it. It's not even necessarily you know just an acting thing. You know, people that have to go to meetings and job interviews and do presentations. Mm. It's you know, same deal. Yeah, and I mean, one of my kind of life mottos, and I feel like I've probably yelled this on that's the ticket many, <laughs> many a time. But it's because I feel like it translates in marketing where my career is based and in theatre and arts is if you don't rate yourself, how do you expect anyone else to rate you? So but that's, true. It's the hardest part, you know, because yeah. we're constantly, you know, walking around trying to seek validation when we're not giving ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my psychology yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, I'm like, how do we get onto this? But I guess we were talking about key learnings and stuff mm. like that. And I mean... This is just a very um, heavy segue. It's barely a segue. But I want to ask if you um, learnt about things you learnt outside of um, BivTis. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting it. But close, BovTis. BovTis, oh my you, gosh. If, if it's easy, we can just call it Bristol Old Vic Theatre. It so, that sounds better. It sounds a bit more this. prestigious saying Bristol Old Vic Theatre School. Yeah, but, but um, I just... Bob Tiss is silly, so I want to keep saying it, but yeah, I keep forgetting fun. it. That's okay. But we'll I get mean, there. <laughs> by the end of the show, we've got yeah. about 30 minutes for me to get this right. Um, but so, you, you know, you were over in the UK, you were studying at Old Vic, but that's not all you're up to um, in the UK. Because, you know, you're doing the mahi, you're paying the bills, and... Um, you had quite a cool job or a cool-looking job or a cool <laughs> job in the sense that I would tell my mates about it in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right out of um, graduating drama school, because obviously I was living in Bristol and then I moved to London, and right after I moved to London, I got a job at the London Dungeon, which is um, the most interesting and most stressful job I've ever had. Okay. Um But, yeah, so it's basically... I was an actor there for two contracts mm. and... Um, it's. I feel like lots of people have heard of it, but no one really knows what it is. That's exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I think they do that deliberately. They deliberately like market themselves quite ambiguously. But it's it's immersive theatre basically, which is quite like it's kind of the hot thing in London at the moment. There's so right. much immersive experiences going on. London Dungeon is kind of one of the OG. Um, <clears throat> but um, it's basically you go in as an audience member and a group of people and kind of walk around and see all of these different shows that are quite short. They're generally about five-minute mm. shows that are about the history of London. So, like, we would perform shows about um, the Great Fire of London mm. and we'd be 
we'd be playing the character of the um, the baker that started the fire, oh you know. <laughs> um, or uh, like one of the more serious ones was playing one of Jack the Ripper's victims and, and performing a show about... Um, you know all of all of the victims, and it's very atmospheric, and you're in cool Victorian costumes. Um, I mean, I did share an incredible photo of you. To that go was with this the episode. one. That was Mary Jane Kelly, who was um, Jack the Ripper's final victim. Okay, um, that's <laughs> kind of a claim to fame in a kind of weird way. It, yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, you looked awesome. Thank you. I'm, that that costume made me feel cool. It was it was that was my favorite role I'm, to play. I mean, I want to say that your performance was also awesome, but I was not there to see it. Yeah, like, can't. surely you were. I mean, <laughs> I my my managers always said I did good shows. Okay. That's that's, you know, you've got it's one of those weird things where because it's immersive theater and because mm. um the audience is a part of the show, you never really get rounds of applause. That's very rare, which is quite good because that's like, you know, it's humbling it and you don't you, humble, you can't yeah. yeah, you can't get to up yourself in that but, job. So like it's immersive in the sense that are you engaging with them? Is there yeah, still a fourth the time, wall or no? There's no fourth wall. You are, I think, in just about every show, you are talking to them and you're involving okay. them in some way. Um, Do they engage back? Yes, yeah, sometimes too much. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you do sometimes get people that want to reach out and touch you or in some case they get a little bit too scared of you and they want to, like, kick you oh, or okay. punch you. Which is Were you giving people jump scares? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, there see. are certain some some of the shows are really funny and a bit quirky, um, mm. and some of them are actually quite scary. There's one where where I played a witch that there's lots of different gags and kind of there are blackouts and you disappear from one cage and appear in another cage with someone else in it. And oh, I'm obsessed a, with that. It, it's very cool. It is also kind of a breeding ground for like you know unruly audience yeah. members that try okay. to. See, I could do a whole episode on that because now I just immediately want to know all the magic. But it's, I'm like, we well, have to keep the secrets. It's just it's doors. It's just doors. Yeah. I mean, I know you're good for a little door. There were quite a few doors in Mary Poppins. I don't know if you had to engage with any <laughs> oh, of them. Yeah. I don't think I did have to engage in any doors. I was I Chimneys? was just in the ensemble for that. No, I wasn't a chimney sweep. I was I was mostly just like in a kind of little Victorian costume and yeah. ran around with a kite. Just being a sickly Victorian <laughs> yeah. child. It's a bit of a theme actually now. No, um, just, yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to break for another track because I've got a rather important uh, segment that I need to fit into today's episode. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this one, but it's uh, time for Rick's pick. And uh, to those of you listening who are unfamiliar with the segment, basically I have an Uncle Rick and he's a, a great listener of radio, a great listener of music, would absolutely kill on the chase if it was music <laughs> questions. Um but basically, when I started uh, That's the Ticket here at Free FM, Uncle Rick was like, okay, Hannah, I'm going to hook you up with a list and every week we can play Rick's pick. And every week we have. And um, it's kind of evolved into me always trying to go on theme with the songs I select from the list. I love that. You were quite difficult. <laughs> well, because often I get people talking, you know, on the show to talk about a piece of work where mm-hmm. we're just talking about you. In general. And um, he didn't have a song <laughs> called Christina. Um, but uh, it's called uh, Trains and Boats and Planes. Oh, I love that. Uh, it's by Dionne uh, Dion Warwick. And I, I've just picked it because um, you've been doing a lot of travel recently. I have. And I imagine you do a lot of travel uh, in London. A lot of trains? A lot of trains. A lot of spending time on delayed trains. and Yeah. yeah. Any boats? 
Um, yeah, actually, once okay. um, I went on a cheeky little river cruise down the Thames. <laughs> How was it? Um, you know what? I actually learned things. Okay. Was, yeah. You seem to have been having a very educational time in the UK. You learn about the London Dungeon. You've yeah. learned about the Thames. You've from, learned about... From that job, I know a lot more about London's history now, so... Okay. It's been um, great. Oh, well, now I feel, like, fully on theme. That's great. Um, <laughs> there we go. Anyway, um, Uncle Rick, this is for you. Enjoy trains and boats and planes. This week's Rick's Pick. Uh, nice little track from Dion Warwick. Uh, trains and Boats and Planes, which uh, today's guest took to um, appear on this podcast. Uh, thank Indeed. you. All three. Yeah, at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was in a plane. <laughs> that, was <laughs> that was on a on boat. A boat. <laughs> I'm not sure how the train is yeah. involved. <laughs> oh, I've lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> Christina, we're um, nearing, you know, we're, we're in the last segment of the show mm-hmm. and I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I don't know if this is a question you get asked often and I don't necessarily know if it's one you're going to be able to answer, but I'm going <laughs> to give it a whirl okay. anyway. Well, obviously, you've been in, you've been in London. 
um, a lot of incredible theatre happening over there. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in assuming that you got to go and see some while you yeah. were over there? Yeah. Um, some of it's very expensive. Some of it is not. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the great thing about London is there's always loads happening, mm. um, no matter where you look. So You're going to have to do an Edinburgh Fringe next. Yeah. Well, I actually, I went to Edinburgh and did the Fringe. I mean, I wasn't in the Fringe, but I went to, to see some friends and shows last year. Oh, nice. Which was incredible. Very overwhelming because there's literally, like, over a thousand shows happening. Yeah, I don't actually... I'm like... You know, because I read about it, obviously, from little old New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, from a kind of production management perspective, I really don't understand how it all possibly works. Yeah, I mean... Uh, nor do I, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, I know that Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who if, oh. uh, if you, a genius and um, fleabag creator, is the current president of the um, Edinburgh Fringe. And, I mean, I, I, that seems I would trust like an appropriate, with my life. Yeah, that's so. an appropriate choice. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's it's chaos. Um, and you've got, like, ev- the, the entire city is taken over and you're just, like, passing dozens of people flyering their shows mm. and um so my, how do we even pick yeah i mean i think we went with a game plan because we had quite a lot of friends that had shows so we knew we could prioritize those and then mm. um any recommendations that we had from people but you do need to i feel like you kind of like go one of two routes you either go with the game plan and know which shows you're going to see ahead of time or you go with no plans and just kind of pick whatever you see that day that kind of piques your interest i i did that uh in the new zealand fringe <laughs> it was in dunedin um it was 2013 i was there because i was performing in a show for the New Zealand fringe festival at oh, the cool. time wait which show was that uh it was like a like a Scottish reenactment. Like, it was like a history thing where nice. it was like... And that's, that's appropriate for Dunedin, so... Yeah. Um, but we saw one show and it was just me, um, my sister Missy and our brother Jordan and I think mum and dad were there and we just kind of walked into it and it was called Porcelain Punch and <laughs> I'm even laughing just talking <laughs> about it. But it was just so funny. Like, I don't think I've ever laughed that audibly and, like, that much in a public setting ever in my life. And I don't think <laughs> I have since. Like, I can't think... That's pretty high praise. Oh, it was just it was just so funny. And, I just, like, it was just, like, about a carnival and they were just being really silly and, like, tongue-in-cheek and, oh... Nice. I, I laughed so much. But anyway, that's how um, I turn a question that I asked you into about me. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I did ask you a question back. We we did a little segue. Yeah, yeah. But um, of the stuff that you've seen, Mm -hmm. is there anything that stands out? It's okay if there's too much to pick from. I mean, there is too much to pick from, but like, I I think like the thing that I saw most recently, which I saw with, she just keeps coming up, doesn't she? (laughs) Good on Megan Goldsman. (laughs) Hi, Megan, if you're listening. and we, because she was in London recently mm. visiting, and we went to see the Burnt City by Punch Drunk, oh, which yes. is an immersive theatre company. Again, we're back to the immersive yeah, theatre. Yeah. Um, and it's out in Greenwich, and they take up two huge warehouses. And it's basically like a retelling of the fall of Troy, but um, it's fully immersive. So you go in, you're asked to put a mask, um, not a COVID mask, but like a kind of like neutral carnival mask yeah, kind yeah. of deal on and um you have free reign of this massive set and you can follow whatever characters you choose 
you can follow one character for the full three hours that it's happening, mm. or you can kind of just go for a bit of a. What a did ramble, you guys? Did you did you guys stick together, or did you separate? No, and I think that's kind of the thing that most people say when they go and see it is you are almost always separated immediately, and I think mm. that is kind of the best way to see it because then you meet up at the end and, and report you've both back. Had completely different experiences of it, mm. uh, which is what happened with us. Like I think Megan um, <clears throat> saw. I can't remember. It might have been Persephone or. Um, one of those characters come out of a well. Oh, yes. Um, uh, which is completely different to what I saw. I was following um, like Agamemnon for a little bit and um, there was a, a, a murder scene in a shower that I saw. Okay. Um, very, two very different vibes. Very different vibes. But that is one thing that really stood out just because it's so different mm. um, and was beautifully done. It was mostly physical theatre and really beautifully devised theatre. Okay. Um yeah, well, and I think the other thing was something I saw a few months ago back at the beginning of the year, which was at the Old Vic, which was a musical called Sylvia about oh, yes. Sylvia Pankhurst. Yes. Um, and that it gave, like, Hamilton vibes. Mm. Um, Hamilton the musical? Hamilton the musical vibes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to I, that I have to clarify that, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure if you tried hard enough, you could find some Oh, if anyone can, vibes. it's me. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was a fantastic musical, amazing music, such energetic, vibrant performances. Beverly Knight playing Emmeline Pankhurst. It was just a... A very emotional and loaded bop from start to finish. So, okay, that has um, since closed, but I think it's probably gonna maybe go on tour and be developed somewhere so else. Keep an eye on that one. Yeah, it'll probably be about six years before it gets anywhere. Probably. Close. I'm just waiting for the cast album, honestly. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, that's the that was gonna be my next question because I'm like I've read about this, but I have yeah. not like. Heard it, oh, air quotes. Yeah, there are a couple of clips on online on YouTube that yeah. are that are great. But if you um, know where to go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, crikey. Okay. Um, uh, is it okay if I stop you there, or is there anything else you wanted to mention? Um, in terms of of shows, yeah. I I I should stop there because like there I've got the a, like, list a goes on of like yeah it'll, I'll keep going on for like two hours. So. <laughs> no, okay. I, I might break. Um, away from shows that you've seen into shows that we can see, um, upcoming events. Uh, so, you know, you can just sit pretty. Feel free to interject if, if, you know, if there's any upcoming events in Hamilton that you want to plug. But uh, in no particular order, Urban Hymns opens at the Meteor on the 30th of August and runs until the 2nd of September. Tickets are available now. Uh, just visit themeteor.co.nz to grab yours. Um, actually, on the topic of the Meteor, I'm pleased to see that Improv Combat returns. The first match is set for this weekend on the 3rd of September. And uh, it may feature some familiar faces from that, the ticket. Uh, not me, just guests I've had. Feel like I had to clarify. <laughs> Um, more info and tickets are available now at themeteor.co.nz. And then uh, looking into September, Friends of the Show, Ha Ha Hamilton, are back in Navarra Lounge on the 6th of September with their September Comedy Lounge. More info on tickets at eventfinder.co.nz. And uh, actually on the topic of comedy, the Comedy Club, also Friends of the Show, very friendly show. Um, the Comedy Club are on at Spates Our House tomorrow night on the thirty first of oh sorry the thirtieth of August, um, and tickets are available now via Event Finder. Um, I guess that's me for upcoming events. I want to be cheeky, Barb, and ask you if you have any upcoming <laughs> events um, or projects. 
uh, well, <laughs> you know what? I'm actually kind of like going back to the UK with no like concrete. Okay. Um, plans. Um, That's I will be kind back of to exciting, auditioning. Though. Yeah, you know what it kind of is. I'll be back to auditioning and back to being in the room and. Um, doing all that fun stuff. Um, walking in and out. Walking in and out, which is the worst part. Um, I can get back to practicing my, my walk. <laughs> hey, I mean, the walking in's probably better than the old self-tape. Or actually, if oh, you had to pick one, do you prefer doing a self-tape or doing an in-person audition? I think, like, in the moment, like, I would prefer a self-tape but in hindsight like mm. there's nothing better than being in the room and being able to because zoom is just there's that weird barrier there's lags and it's just awkward you know yeah and you, i think also like you're in your like bedroom or like a living <laughs> you're in your room bathroom and you've or got your like hallway, yeah, yeah you've got like your you know pants drying on the radiator <laughs> bin you have to make sure that you can't see them and it's just whereas like at least when you're walking into the audition room you are kind of mentally in that a mm. different space in your in the mental space to work. Yeah. So I I do prefer being in the room, even though it's more nerve wracking and you can't, you know, do retakes and yeah that sort of thing. But yeah, you can't um, live your life feeling like you're defined by your last audition. The only way is up. Ah, oh, wise words. Wise words exactly. from someone I who has never had to audition. <laughs> No, you're so right though. Like as soon as as soon as you walk out of the room, it's best to just completely forget about it. Exactly. Because otherwise, right. you just get hung up about waiting for that call or yeah. waiting for that email, and then and stressing about the audition isn't going to change the result of the audition. It's not, not going to make all. the call come faster. Yeah, worse yeah, to live exactly. by. Um, and to close off the show, I've been uh, thinking of introducing a new segment to TTT, mm-hmm. and you're going to be the first person. Oh, love it. Okay. Um, so, you know, we've spent the last almost hour um, getting the tea on TTT. And so I want to ask you, how do you take your tea? Ooh. <laughs> it's a good one, eh? It is a good one. And I, I, uh, not to blow my own trumpet, but I think having lived in the UK for the past <laughs> three years, I'm um, a bit of an expert on tea. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> Regretting asking this question. <laughs> um, how do I take my tea? Well, I mean, I like a good herbal tea, but like... When I think of just like a cup of tea, it's like you know, it's like milky brew, you know. Oh um, no, I, I had a <laughs> feeling you're going to say milky. I know. I'm sorry, but uh, I like I like Yorkshire tea and Yorkshire tea tea deal like a biscuit tea, which and it, it's like it's still a black tea, but it tastes like you've dunked it tastes a tea like biscuit in the tea, but without all the bits in it. It's really delicious. You've got to take my word on it. And you can find it in certain supermarkets here okay. um, in New Zealand. So I do that with a, a you know, good, good dash of oat milk and one sugar. Okay, are we on the oat milk? Yeah, we are, we're on the oat All milk. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long do you let it brew or are you bagging? Uh, no, not bagging. I like to have complete <laughs> control. <laughs> Everyone who does bagging is like feeling attacked. But okay, let's explain that process. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you keep the bag in, you don't have. If it's a herbal tea, I get it. But if you're if you're getting milk involved, then you can't. You don't have any control over how diluted it becomes if you keep the tea bag in. You know, it just kind of gets. I mean, I agree. <laughs> when I'm making tea at home, like I, I need, it needs to have at least three minutes to mm-hmm. draw. Okay. One yeah. sugar, splash of milk. Yeah. Splash of milk. Splash. Um, and, but if I'm at work, my office, we have one of those zip, like always hot 
You know, oh, you, yep. you do the little lever and scalding water comes out yep. and kind of flicks on your hand yeah. a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Life flashes before your eyes. It's and, every yeah. theatre in <laughs> ever has one of those. And so if I'm having a theatre tea or a work tea, because it's not always the environment where I can put the water in, leave my mug on the bench, walk away, come back, mm-hmm. um, I will leave the bag in. Okay. Because I'm like... I get paranoid about I'm like everyone's like, why is she standing in the kitchen for five minutes? <laughs> and so I will leave the bag in. Okay. I mean, you know, that's acceptable if you know if I feel if, like if you need to go away and do other things and there's literally like in the morning I make tea for myself and my sister every mm-hmm. morning. Like nice um, little morning ritual. Yeah, and like I the kettle goes in on first and then I go like open all the curtains and like turn the heater on and stuff and then by that time the kettle's boiled and then wet the tea bag, make my breakfast, and then put the milk in the tea at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a whole process. Yeah. But um, got it down. I'm glad I introduced this segment. I feel I like that's a great segment. I know. There's I a lot it's of, a great way to wrap up the show. A lot of passion in the room. And um, one of these days I'll have to get a uh, friend of the show, Uncle Rick's uh, tea order on here because his tea is a whole nother level. Of, really? Is it specific? I, it's specific. Um, I think it's disgusting. He think it's, thinks it's great, but Ooh, okay. I'm going to keep it secret for now. And yeah. I hope Uncle Rick is having a lol right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess the last thing I need to say is um, thanks, Bob. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> After the next time you're back in the country... We have to do this again. Oh, I'd love to. This has been a blast. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. But um, I feel like the most fitting way to uh, play you out today is, um, I feel like you can probably guess what I'm about to play. (laughs) Um, It's a song by the Beach Boys, and um, it's a reference to um, your beloved nickname (laughs) that I bestowed upon you. I'm going to end today's episode uh, with the absolute banger, Barbara Ann. So, um... Thanks again to Christina Rayner. Uh, follow her career. It's going to be very exciting. She's on all uh, social platforms that you love to engage with. And um, as for me, well, I'll be back next week. Matiwa e te whanau. Ba, 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 baran. Ba, 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 Bye.
Barbaran. Ba 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 Barbaran. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.